This is Boring Conversation Anyway, a Star Wars podcast, brought to you by the guys at flyguy.net, dbsw.net, and youtube.com slash sithlord229. Don't forget to check out dorksidetoys.com, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, and more. Also sponsored by chowrintoys.com, old, new, and hard-to-find Lego. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Okay, so this is episode 41, I believe, of Boring Conversation Anyway. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a renegade cast here. We're going strictly stateside, um, so there will be no accents involved in this one. Uh, with me today is uh, Kevin Gothrop, uh, a.k.a. Collect 21, or Collect All 21. Sorry about that. How you doing, Kevin? Good, good. How you doing? Uh, it's good. It's, uh, it's a little chilly out here in California today, but... Uh, it's been a beautiful weekend. It's been uh, so hot today, actually, in Phoenix that people are actually in the pool today. No way. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was surprising to see. But yeah, I just went picked up the mail and and picked up a little surprise that I'll talk about later. And uh, there were people in the pool. Wow, holidays in the Southwest. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, I actually had mine yesterday, and uh, I did. I. I opted for my Black Friday to have to cook instead, and uh, it, it worked out. It worked out well, and I ended up uh, spending my actual Thanksgiving uh, framing Star Wars posters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you're on the right podcast to talk about that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's uh, since we haven't had a podcast in a while, and none of this has been talked about by us anyway. Um, I think it's time to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the uh, the big Star Wars uh, or Lucasfilm being bought by by Lucas or being bought by Disney. Yeah, the, the mouse in the room. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight hundred pound mouse in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so I guess to start it off, do you do you do you remember where you were when all this happened? I do actually. It's it's funny. It's 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 that kind of monumental news. It is that, that you can ask. It's one of the rare times, maybe maybe in only maybe a dozen times in one life that you can actually ask, you know, that kind of question. Like, where were you when? And unfortunately, you know, it's it's tied to tragedies sometimes, or you know, massive news events. Right. Um, you know, hopefully this won't be considered a tragedy after it's all said and done. Right. Um, It'll be a positive thing, but uh, so I was uh, I was coming back from lunch. I think it was a Tuesday or something. I was coming back from lunch, and I got a text message from one of my uh, coworkers, one of my staff members, and it said it was WTF Disney buys Lucasfilm, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, it's a rumor. I mean, I was like, that can't be real. Somebody's goofing around out there, and this is coming from someone I just had a Star Wars conversation with that morning, and they were still kind of getting up to speed on some of the, you know, the modern day stuff like the video games and old Republic and clone wars. So they weren't, they weren't a hardcore fan, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was like, Oh, they're getting, you know, they probably just looked up some star Wars stuff and they found this rumor from a few years ago or something. And then I get to work and it's everywhere. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, is this real? And then (laughs) as soon as CNN reported, and as soon as there were videos 
on StarWars.com. I mean, they did handle it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, wow, this is like, and I was, it was, it's jaw dropping. And then when they announced more films, that's when I'm just <clears> like, it was, that's when the surreal feeling kicked in. Oh yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And it was, it was a similar instance for me. I had gotten out from running some errands and I got, you know, just checking my iPhone and I had a tweet from somebody saying, did you see this? And it was a link to a blog post they had written about it. And I heard about it maybe a few hours after it had happened and was the same thing. Like, Oh, this is just some weird rumor. You know, I would have heard something about this if this was in the works, but I started clicking around and looking on Facebook and was, and then, like you said, you know, suddenly I see the news about the movies and it was just, I had to, yeah, I had to call somebody. <laughs> so I called a buddy of mine and was just like, are you, did you see this? And he's, he's one of the very pessimistic type of people. It was just like, ah, Disney's going to ruin everything. And da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it sounds like you're in the same boat as I am. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. Like I, you know, I've seen what they've done with Pixar and with Marvel and, you know, Disney seems to be one of those companies that this is just an investment for them. They're not coming in to take over. I don't think. And, uh, yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. The, um, you know, the, the thing I've two, two quick pieces of philosophy on this is that, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to say it's, I, I've always been on the edge of being a Disney nerd. Mm-hmm. Because of the of because of the uh, the correlations between Star Wars and or integrations between Star Wars and Disney, like the Star Wars Weekend, Star Tours, like I always kind of wanted more. Uh-huh. And somebody somebody out there said it best. It's like, and I can I can safely say this here. It's like, well, they were already sleeping together, so they just made it legal. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, they did. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know. My friend was worried that you know, like, oh, they're going to make it cheesy. They're going to make it this. They're going to make it that. And I said, have you seen the videos of Boba Fett and and everybody dancing to Thriller at Star Wars weekends? Like, it can't get much cheesier than that. Yeah, and let's hope it takes a step back. Exactly. I mean, those are. I, I have made a promise to myself, like, I will post some cheesy stuff on my blog about Star Wars, but I will never, ever post any of those YouTube videos. Like, those oh. are just, I can't even watch them. They, they, <laughs> but. Yeah, and now they're getting their, like, their glorified day, you know, um, you know, and even the promo video of when Star Tours was reopening and Vader could not get in, they're using, people are taking that footage and using it as, you know, they think it's legit announcement footage, and it's actually a year old. Oh, know? yeah. No, the, the rumors are driving me nuts. Like, I ranted the other day a little bit about them, and everybody's saying it's confirmed, and this is confirmed, and that's confirmed. And I just kept tweeting to everybody, like, no, unless you read it on StarWars.com slash news, like, nothing's confirmed. It's all rumors right. until then. It's just like, just like Apple. You know, if it's not on Apple.com, they told us this when we used to work there. Uh-huh. If it's not on Apple.com, it's not real. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and the other thing, the other piece of philosophy is, is that the way I look at the entire thing is, you know, and I know we'll talk more about this, but the, the kind of just put a not too fine of a point on it. If Lucas wanted to take the legacy to the grave and not do anything else with it and just have his family live off the, you know, the residuals and whatever, mm-hmm. um, then he would have done that. If he wanted to ensure a legacy where somebody could take it and have it be something like maybe the next, like, Tolkien level of like Lord of the Rings folklore. Yeah. Then he did the right thing sort of by handing it off. I mean, I should, I should say that if he wanted to be more like Tolkien, it would have taken it to the grave Then he would have left it alone. Yeah. And then to, to take it to, to have it be this big legacy and have this thing have a future. I mean, there really isn't many other organizations that could even take this on. No, I don't think so at all. I think, 
you know, in my opinion, it, I think he made a brilliant decision the way he handled it, you know, bringing Kathleen Kennedy on first and then, you know, with this whole deal with Disney, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I think that she, I mean, I, I, he probably was toying with ideas before he brought her on. And I think there was a part of him that I think he's definitely gone through a, a soul searching, maybe 10 years or something. And I don't know, maybe it's the celebrations and being part of that, or mm-hmm. just maybe wanting to let go or just maybe like even, he even said in one of the things like, you know, it's like, I can actually be a fan now. And maybe he's just kind of like re-embraced it in a different way. Like, you know, look at pop culture. I mean, between allowing family guy to do what they've done, allowing uh robot chicken and then you know it, it's it's laughing at itself in a very self de- de- uh, depreciative way but it but it but it's still funny yeah and i think that that's what's keeping it alive and i think that that's why it's become like look at star trek versus star wars star trek's not cool where right. like star wars is cool like at all ages and like i mean if teenagers are wearing t-shirts it's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah exactly you know and i think that, that it, that's that's the whole thing with this is that he he let I think he let go of the steering wheel, and he may have been toying around with some ideas. But I, I actually think Kathleen Kennedy had a lot of convincing portion of this. I think I think she helped him come to this decision. Um, maybe not kicking and screaming, but just with with clarity. And I mean, she's amazing, and and just her her sense of you know what's needed. And I think that maybe she just convinced him. And now it's safely in other people's hands to let go of this and and look at what it's going to do. And, and, you know, we'll talk about some other stuff like who they've signed on and stuff. But I think they're going about this super smart. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And it's it's amazing how well they've been able to keep everything a secret. I mean, looking back mm-hmm. to the, like, you know, the special announcements we were supposed to get at Celebration. And I've heard other sites thinking that this was probably the announcement they were expecting, but they just <clears throat> didn't have everything lined up quite right that they could uh, announce it quite yet. So they sort of oh, just, they just sort of threw out the, you know, Celebration Europe and the, the movies coming out in 3D, which everybody was kind of like, really? That was the special announcement we waited for? But yeah. That's why he showed up, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you said, like, I mean, I, I heard people saying that when they saw him at Celebration, like, he was downright giddy. I mean, he was cracking jokes and smiling, and he wasn't the sort of, like, stoic, stern old old man that people have talked about in the past. Um, Good. Yeah, no, it, and, yeah, I mean, there was that interview with Oprah a year or so ago, and he was talking about, no, why would I want to make more movies when all I do is get flamed by everybody? Mm-hmm. And, uh <clears throat> And that was before Kathleen Kennedy. And the point you made a second ago about sort of bringing her on and her sort of being that, you know, voice of reason and sort of looking at things objectively, you know, I, I could totally see after what you just said that of her saying, well, why don't, we, why don't we take this route or why don't we do this or why don't we do that? And just sort of being a sounding wall for him. I think sometimes, you know, I think when you're dealing with big organizations or, I mean, I'll just say it, people with a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, you know, some you, you tend to get polarized and I think it's like I either I have to do something or I don't have to do something. And I think what Kathleen Kennedy is really good about it and just, and, and what she's done as a, as a producer and things like that is I think she, she does, it's never a yes or no with her. I think she provides options. Mm-hmm. And then I think she, and then maybe that's what happened here is that, that she presented options and he chose the best option to go forward or pull back or whatever. And I mean, I'm just going to say it this way. And, and, and maybe this has something to do with it. Maybe, you know, he's such a creative person. Mm-hmm. That maybe he's also a you know he's open to influence and 
you know, he, he does have his own vision, but at the same time, I think from a business perspective, he's, he can get led in certain ways as creative types can, can be. Yeah. I mean, they're not always, not every single creative person is left brain, right brain, not every single one. Right. You know, and so, and, and he may not be that person. And I mean, he's smart business wise with the licensing and the, and the, you know, the rights for all the merchandising. My point is that, is that you look at Rick McCallum and you look at Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that says everything. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think you have someone with experience, extensive experience and someone with, eh. I mean, it just, I think maybe the prequels weren't as good as they were because he's the worst yes man ever to live in <laughs> Star Wars saga. You know what I mean? It's just, I just, I, there's just something about him and some of all the extra features and everything. I just don't think that he was, it didn't feel like Star Wars was in his soul. Yeah. Do, was, was he, was he around for the original trilogy or did they bring him on? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I think he was just brought in as like, you know, he was the, you know, get it, get her done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, get her done and don't even think about rewriting Phantom Menace. Don't change a word. Just shoot it as the first draft. That's fine. And there we go. <laughs> that's that's the movie we got. Yeah. Like you said, the yes men, you know, oh, you're George Lucas. You can do no wrong. That's fine. And uh... I mean, think about it. Think about working for Lucas, right? In, in the prequels. And it's like, you know, which is everybody's dream in our little world mm-hmm. or our big world, I should say. And, uh, you know, it's like. Imagine just working there. He'd walk. He'd probably walk in every five seconds. Well, George wants this, and George wants that, and you know, have it be done. And it's like you know, if you question one word or one character, it's like you're fired. Get out. Oh, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me that he might be the kind of person you know, or you know, have people working for him that are just like, you know, this is Star Wars. Damn it, we're not changing a thing. This is what he wants. And it's like then you get Kathleen Kennedy coming, going, "What if Disney bought?" It's like completely changed the paradigm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what if some, you gave this whole thing to someone else and you just we were a creative consultant? He's like, he probably turned around and said, that's all I ever wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It's just about whose hands do you put it, put this stuff in. Yeah. And if you don't put it in somebody's hands that, have, that has the DNA to begin with, I mean, if anybody's akin, akin to George Lucas, it's Walt freaking Disney. I mean, as far as the vision. Yeah. Well, and they were talking uh, on the Force cast a little while ago that, that Lucas has been a fan. I mean, the first time George Lucas ever rode on an airplane was to fly to Los Angeles and go to the opening of Disney on opening day. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's he's always been a fan of that whole franchise. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like we said before, you know, they, they've been sleeping together for years. They just made it legal. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so along with that, I mean, the only real news that we've got, I mean, that's quote-unquote confirmed, is that, you know, a, a date of 2015, release date of some sort, and we've got Michael Arndt uh, is scheduled to write Episode 7, which is, uh, um, as most people seem to know, you know, Toy Story 3, he wrote that, and he got uh, an Oscar winning for uh, Little Miss Sunshine, which mm-hmm. I'm quite a fan of both of those movies. I've heard some people aren't that big of a fan or of Little Miss Sunshine, but uh, I, I don't know. I actually thought it was a great movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, I think, yeah, it's, it's a very dialogue-driven movie, and I mm-hmm. think that that's what's awesome about it. So it's, it's, what's interesting is that so he can, I mean, if I, I think, <laughs> I'll put it this way, from a Toy Story perspective, if you didn't cry at the end of Toy Story, then you don't have a soul. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I put that movie on when I need a good cry every once in a while because it, that's what it does. And, uh, yeah, I think that, that he can bring some real heart to these movies. Like, I, I was rewatching episode one a little while ago, and the scene where Anakin is leaving his mother, 
like that scene like is almost laughable to me whereas i yeah. know that's supposed to be like almost a tearjerker scene and yeah. you know i look back and i'm like man if you you know if they could get that same sort of feeling that you get as the in toy story 3 when they're about to fall into the fire pit there towards the end like if you can get that sort of a feeling or or i guess not even better than the fire pit when when he's giving up his toys to the oh, little girl yeah. if you yeah. can get that feeling across in a scene like that i mean that would just you know that would be awesome yeah know? and i, I I've heard that he's quite the Star Wars fan and knows his lore and all that too. So I'm not I'm not worried that we're not going to get action and all the other stuff that we love about the wars. That's great. That's great. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm all for you know new new uh, new blood and you know even you know relatively speaking younger blood. I mean, it has been what you know at least you know 30 years and 35 years since the original trilogy. It's been 10, 15 since the prequels. Mm-hmm. You know, going on 10, 15, and and so. Um, you, you need to have a new crop of writers. I also think that it's interesting that they're not going, well, at least with Michael, they're not going with like, you know, the obvious choice, like a uh, Damien Linderlofer, or you know, hopefully I'm saying his name right. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and that, cause there was a lot of early rumors about that. One of the things though, that I, and I'm, I'm really hoping it's not a rumor because I think they're pretty close because I mean, if the Hollywood reporter reports something, I think it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, and and this is something that, you know, I always look at things like, okay, when I love something, it's because I would have done it that way. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, like it's like they made the decision that I would have made if they put me in charge of this and I have no idea what I'm doing. So, but I know <laughs> what I like. So, and they're talking about Lawrence Kasdan coming back. And, and I don't know who Simon Kinberg is. I don't have a lot of background on that, but he did the X-Men stuff, X-Men First, First Class. And I do like that movie. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I'm, I want to make sure I'm here. I'm right on this. Lawrence Kasdan did help write the screenplay for Return of the Jedi. It's correct, right? Yeah, and I, uh, as well as parts of Empire too, I believe. Right, 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 right. So, so now I'm thinking, you know, they, they're they're reporting that they've been they're attached to some Star Wars chapters, mm-hmm. and and I think <clears> that that's pretty close to being on StarWars.com if it's not already. I just checked right before we went on because that that was all the debate I was I was having issues with on the internet the other day because the Hollywood Reporter had you know they had pretty much all but said it was confirmed you know there are talks there are ties to this there are ties to and everybody took that article and ran with it saying that it's confirmed and I I kept replying to everybody like I said saying no it's not confirmed it's just a mm-hmm. rumor still people but uh, nobody was listening to me and whatever mm-hmm. I don't care uh, <laughs> if it if it does turn out to be true. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll just say about this, and then I'll, I'll and I'll drop it. Cause, but here's what I like: if you're trying to tie some continuity between the original trilogy and where we're going, mm-hmm. I mean, they almost they, that original story says, "Oh, they'll be in you know for episodes uh, you know eight and nine. It's mm-hmm. like then it says like, "Oh, it's going to be tied to future future sequels." I think that if you can have multiple story people, you can have multiple screenwriters. Mm-hmm. If you have Kasdan, even just as a, as a continuity person between what, where he left off with Jedi and where Michael's going to pick up with Episode Seven, it's perfect. Yeah. Just handle the stuff that you need to tie up and then move on. It, it, it's exactly what I would have done. Like, it, you, if you can have him and he's alive, mm-hmm. do it. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got that person that's like, okay, here's a couple of doors that I opened that I'd like to see continued, or, you know, here's where I was thinking that might go or something. And then, you know, letting the other person take and run with it or, you know, working hand in hand. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great point there. If you want the DNA from the original trilogy to, to <laughs> transcend into what we're going to about to walk into, mm-hmm. you have to have 
the physical people who were there. It's little things. I mean, you're going to see it with cinematographers. You're going to see it with model makers. You're going to see it with everybody attached to this film. If there is some people who actually worked on the original movie, it'll carry forward the soul of, his, of, of what's in those movies. Because if you look at the prequels, there's a complete distinctive separation between like just just like like I was just thinking about it the other day like subtle things like how the camera leans in on uh, uh, Han when he's in the cantina when he's talking about um, you know it's fat the ship's fast enough and it's like this little like pitch mm-hmm. up zoom that comes in under his chin as he as he's coming into the camera mm-hmm. it's just like little choices like that that whether Lucas made or the cinematographer made that if you can take just a few of those. They're just, they're so subtle. They're like, they're almost subliminal. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, where, where like the original trilogy has none of that. Yeah. You know, it seems like the flat. only thing they carried over was like, oh, we just do some weird wipes, you know, that sort of look like the ones that were in the original movies. And uh, you got it. You got exactly what I'm saying. There's a visual style to the original trilogy. And yeah, you're going to get this more from people in our generation than maybe younger people who like the prequels. But there's a visual style <laughs> that needs to transcend into these future movies. Mm-hmm. And if it does that, it's going a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been watching a bit of science fiction movies recently with some some decent space battles. But and I'm looking at them going, these just don't have the same feel. Like you know, the soul, like you're saying, of of what Star Wars di- did to make those space battles so epic in the original trilogy. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think that that uh, the prequels, you know, they got a little too wrapped up in what they could do these days because of technology. And, you know, I, I think what you're saying about bringing in some of that old DNA to say, well, no, this, you know, this is the reason we did it those days. And this is why it came across that way. And it, I, you know, I, I, I hope that they, uh, if they reclaim the throne that they built versus uh, uh, just sort of taking advantage of newer technology and mm-hmm. copying what other people are doing these days, because that's what's popular. Yeah, it's the difference between doing something because you could or doing something because you should. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, that's the big difference. Is, and I think that you get enough smart people over at Disney that, that probably think that way. You know, it's just exactly right. It's like the prequels were almost technology for technology's sake. And that was a just because we can, we should. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a minute, let's let's think about it a different way. You know, the the other thing, too, is that I'm in the business of removing excuses. I tell it to my staff a lot at work. It's like if we can work with our clients and remove excuses, then we can push them further. We can give them options and they can create, you know, better solutions with websites and things like that. Mm -hmm. The the thing I think is going to happen with this is that um, you you need I I hear all these online chats and all these different things since this come out. You're going to see a lot of healthy debate around this. You know, nobody wants to see the old people back to play themselves. Nobody wants – it's like, did you not see Tron? Did you not see Jeff Bridges and Jeff Bridges twice? And did you not see what they did and how it was like they made him young and it was just a voiceover? Uh You know, I mean, mean, Disney can pretty much – and now with ILM, there's even economies of scale there. Not only they can do anything, they can even do it cheaper and better because it's a seamless integration now. There's no – there's no markup. Mm-hmm. Because because it's in house, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, take your opinions of Tron Legacy aside, whether you think Clue was good or not. But you don't actually have to have those people in a room filming. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you can, know, you can make them there, and they're not even there. Look what they did with uh, Christopher Lee in Revenge of the Sith with the lightsaber battle. They just mapped his face on Dooku, and they had it was seamless. Yeah, yeah, and that was. 
crap, that was almost 10 years ago that they right. did all of that. Exactly. And, and like the Tron one, I mean, that was that was the first movie that had really done that. And, you know, the technology has come so much further. And if there's ever a company that can do something and knock it out of the park, it's ILM. Yes. You know, they've had three different design, uh, sorry, digital studios on Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you watch the extras on the, the Avengers and how, and they talked about the Hulk yeah. and how they went back to ILM. Whedon went back to ILM for like three or four days just so they could watch what, what ILM, they added value to the character. They, they brought in more of a comic book sense to the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, he, and Whedon said that the subtleties between what they had done and what they had added mm-hmm. and just his, and just how his articulation, so to speak, mm-hmm. was night and day and it created a whole different character. And he even, he even kind of credits that to why everybody loves the Hulk so much in that movie and how he, he, he kind of shines as this, this star. He really does. I mean, he yeah. he was such an effective character. I mean, my mom doesn't you normally go to movies, let alone action movies like that. But she went and she loved him. I forget the actor who played him or played Bruce Banner, but she loved him. And she also loved the Hulk, even though she screamed every time the Hulk would uh, do something, you know, real loud and real fast on screen and startle her. I mean, like literally screamed in the theater. It was hilarious. But yeah. uh, it was such an effective character. And yeah, I can't wait to get a hold of that Blu-ray and uh, check out some of those extra features. That's uh, great, and you know, my daughter's my daughter's two favorite scenes from Avengers is they're both with the Hulk. So she's <laughs> I'm guessing seven, one of them is when I'm guessing yeah. one of them is when he beats up Loki. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. The other one's when he punches Thor off. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> Which hilarious. Is my part yeah, that was so good. Yeah. You know, and I hope you know. I you know, I don't want him to make the new movies cheesy, but there was a certain little bit of humor in the original trilogy, you know, and there was some humor in the prequel trilogies as well. But I don't like to talk about that humor. But there was a little <laughs> subtle humor in the first trilogy uh, that, uh, that you know, I hope they can they can bring some of that back without being cheesy. There was there was one. I watched uh, A New Hope with my daughter. I hate calling it A New Hope. I call it Star Wars. Yeah. I was watching Star Wars with my daughter last night. We went from actually Revenge of the Sith, which is her favorite movie, mm-hmm. in, the, in the sixth. Um, and then we went right into A New Hope. And she and she saw the, the two, the correlations between the two. And there's one piece of it that she just, like, laughed out loud. And I never caught it as funny. But then when you think about it, it was. I can't remember the scene. But there there is a lot of subtle humor. I mean, one of them I like is, like, don't everybody thank me at once. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Oh, Han Solo has some real great, yeah. real, real dry one-liners. But, yeah. uh, man, you know, they deliver perfectly. Yeah. yeah excellent. Now, and, and I think, they, again, going back to, you know, what we're looking forward to, I mean, there's there's a lot of, to be said to, you, you know, I don't care. Kill, kill off the original three in the, in the first movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have them have a little thing, have some continuity. You know, and, and kill him off or not. Or, you know, have Luke, you know, have this be about Luke and maybe they can do something with that. I mean, I saw a picture online of somebody doctored up, like, if you added a beard and a, like, a really heavy beard and, and white hair to, to Luke with a, with a, uh, with a, um, hood on, you know, a Jedi robe hood on, mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was him. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, that, that would totally work. It's like a really super old Obi-Wan version of Luke. Yeah doesn't matter how messed up he looks and maybe he could actually act in the role who knows yeah well let's let's get into that a little bit you know because uh you know let's start off with uh you know there's they're talking about you know they're not going to do the thrawn trilogy they're not gonna they're not gonna do any eu stories in this and it's you know they might they might pull in a few elements that they like here and there but uh you know what what are your thoughts on that were you a big eu guy did you read the thrawn trilogy and all those 
You know, it's it's funny, and, and I am, I'm guilty of this. I I skimmed the Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. and then and then I actually read the uh, the paperbacks. I mean, okay. the um, sorry, not the paperbacks, the uh, graphic novels, the, okay. the, the comics. Yeah. And so I I think there's I think again I think there's some some solid DNA. And I, I'm actually kind of glad they kind of put their foot down and said they're not going to do this. Would I be upset if they filmed it to the to the frame, you know, uh, of the books? Okay, it would just be like. Well, we already know what we're getting, so go read those again. And, you mm-hmm. know, hey, can't wait to see it on the screen, and it'll be good. I still think that would be better than the prequels, personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so, you know, you're doing a second-best version. I mean, if you're trying to go be- to beat the prequels, well, I can do a – you can do a stop-motion animation for The Empire Uncut, and it'd be better than the prequels. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's not going to be hard to beat. But if you want to go for the gusto and maybe put something that's side-by-side as good or if not better than the original trilogy, mm-hmm. then you kind of need to do something. Different. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm a big EU guy. I read all the books and stuff, but I mm-hmm. I'm sort of like you know I've read some books and I'm like wow that was just awful you know and that didn't happen yeah. in my Star Wars it's the, you know I sort of have my own continuity that I keep throughout things and I read the the Thrawn trilogy that was a, a few years back that was how I got into reading the books as a friend gave me that trilogy and said you got to read this and he said don't read any other ones just read this one but I've read all mm-hmm. the other ones since then and it. It was good. You know, I really liked a, a bunch of the characters in it, but uh, there was some stuff at the end, like, where they had Luke's clone, and his name was Luke, or whatever it was, and, like, I just rolled my eyes at that, and was like, oh, great. Yeah. And, and so when they said they weren't doing that, I was relieved. Yeah. Um, and, uh... But I think you could pull, like, I mean, look at Clone Wars. Clone Wars pulls things that they want to, you know, from here and there in the EU, and I think it, mm-hmm. it's actually not too not too bad. Yeah. I'm still, the jury's still out for me on bringing back Darth Maul, personally. Um, I think they took a, a really good action figure and they went hog wild with it. And you know what? Kudos to Dave Filoni for doing that. I mean, if he can make it work, I think it's I think it's generated some fresh interest into the series. So mm-hmm. I, you know, hey, more power to it. I don't watch it religiously. Um, I'm not a huge EU guy. Yeah, I, I'm more of a purist. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I would like to see. I think there needs to probably be a Mara Jade. I think there maybe needs to be maybe the allude, the allure of a or sorry the allude, the allude to maybe that there is a Thrawn out there maybe we never see him mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff and you know look at like there was a verbal shout out to Quinlan Voss you know in Revenge of the Sith and that's kind of all you needed it was like a little wink it was a little nod to pieces of the EU and I think I, I think that that could easily happen yeah no I think so too I, you know I'm kind of on the same page you know I keep reading all the books and I, you know, I buy the action figures from the ones that I like just because, uh, I mean, it's star Wars, you know, it's, yeah. y- you know, I, you know, I'll eat this stuff up no matter what, even the bad stuff, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it does, like I said, but it doesn't mean I put it into my personal canon. I've got things that I accept and things that I don't. And, right. And, uh, you know, there's certain parts of the prequels that I just fast forward to every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, mostly episode two. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'll tell you what I, what I would do. I, I tell you what I, what I would like to see. And I think that you could do something very clever with this. Here's, here's what I like out there. Um, based on, on where we've left things off, you have three people, three actors in the real world who could technically come back as little cameos mm-hmm. to keep with the DNA of the original trilogy, just like Obi-Wan came back in these little cameos as the spirit of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I think you can do, first of all, I think you need some, some acting classes first, but then you can, you can bring in Hayden Christensen mm-hmm. as Anakin, 
as a spirit of Anakin. Mm-hmm. You can you can bring obviously you can do a little bit more with a CG Yoda as a spirit of Yoda, mm-hmm. as long as Frank Oz comes along for the ride. Um, and he can he, he can phone that in from home. So you know whatever he did he did on the prequels. So yeah, and then and you have Liam Neeson to come back as Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you pepper just a little bit of those three guys in the first or second movies, and if it, if it's based around Luke, that could be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. And that, and, that, and that, that's all on my wish list right now. I don't have a lot on my wish list yet because I'm still digesting everything. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the first ones that came to my mind of like, that would be kind of cool because they're all still out there. I mean, you can't do anything without a Guinness. And I don't think you should bring back Ewan because I think it confuses things even more. Yeah, that would be a little confusing. That yeah. does add a little bit more legitimacy to uh, the Hayden Christensen Force Ghost at the end of yes. Return of the Jedi then. Because I still and that one still kind of gets me. But if yeah. you were to do something with that, like you just said, you know, that would definitely add a little more legitimacy in my eyes yeah otherwise it makes no sense mm-hmm. i mean if you if you if he did that thinking that, that there is a seven eight nine this is how we would pepper it in you know then i could i can i can buy into it other than, I, I still don't buy into it though i mean when do people become i still can't figure the whole thing out it's inconsistent like when do they disappear and become one with the force when are they actually killed mm-hmm. when do you have to when do you have to burn them you know, and when you burn them, when they finally, so that when they're dead, dead, or when they're just dead, <laughs> like, like, I mean, think about it, right? So Yoda just fades away. Uh, Obi Wan does a uh, Houdini. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to burn Qui Gon. You got to burn. So the bad Jedi, the guys who question their Jediism, you <laughs> to make sure that they're pure. You know, but the ones that are 100 percent pure can just poof disappear because they're more powerful. I mean, yeah. maybe there's a book out there. Maybe there's a series of books out there about this whole thing that I have no idea about because I don't follow the EU. I haven't and come if, across any yet. But maybe, maybe I should write one. Maybe somebody should yeah. write. One. I don't know. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> That's the I've, one I don't get. Yeah, I've got one more here for you. How you could bring you could bring you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen into it. And that would be if you were to have like a Jedi holocron of some sort that Luke is using, uh, to either study or teach other people. Wow. That's yeah. So like a new Jedi order kind of thing. And so you're saying as like, when you say holocron and I haven't seen, I should, I should be clear when we see a holocron in action, is it like the projections? Is it like the blue projections from what I've understood is that, yeah, they're, you know, difficult, from what I understand, it's the the Jedi ones are these little cubes, and it's just yep. like you know, just a recorder device of some sort that the okay. whoever Jedi built it put some sort of information into. And uh, the Sith ones tend to be triangular, mm-hmm. uh, at least from the representations I've seen of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just heard somebody, yeah, I just heard somebody mention, you know, oh, well, what if they, you know, Luke is studying from a holocron, and then what you had just said about sprinkling in some of the. Uh, you know, some like Hayden Christensen or somebody. And I, well, you could bring Ewan McGregor back if there's a holocron that Luke is studying from that has old or younger Obi Wan that's teaching yeah. him something. But uh, again, you know, I don't. I'm not hoping that they put them in there. But if for some reason they did, that would be one way that I would buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because it's like you know, going back, it's like Sebastian Shaw. You know, that's what he was when he died. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else is who they were when they died, including Alec Guinness and or, you know, Obi- you know, Obi-Wan. Why does he become younger? Like, that's like, why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. The only argument that I've heard that sort of makes it make sense is that Anakin died back when he became Darth Vader. And, OK. Yeah. And that's the only one that I've ever heard. They go, OK, I can sort of buy that. I don't like it, but I can sort right. of buy that. Yeah. Um, so that works. Yeah. So yeah. Other than that, I don't really have a, a wish list. I mean, I mean, I mean. Well, I should, I should say that. I mean, I do, I do want to go on record to say that they need to bring back 
Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill in some capacity, mm-hmm. even if they do the whole, you know, Jeff Bridges try and make them younger or make them middle aged, you know, make it make it five or 10 or 15 years later or whenever this is going to take place. I mean, I don't think you can do a. Re- I don't think you should let the lineage of the movies take place because of how old they are in real life. And then yeah, use yeah. little makeup. I don't think that makes any sense at all. I think you write the story for the time period you want and then have everybody else fit the mold. Yeah. Well, what's kind of a neat coincidence with that was um, I'm thinking this was the force cast again, but they were talking about sort of the time frames of each of the movies and how there is sort of like a, you know, a 15 to 20 year gap between the prequels and the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you were to take that gap and maybe even extend it a little bit longer so that you had a 20 to maybe 30 year gap, actually you know, fits. It, it does. It actually fits, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, you maybe want to dress them up a little bit digitally. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think you're right. You know, with cameo roles where you've got, you know, maybe Leia is a, you know, the, I, whatever the term would be of the New Republic, you know, the, the leader mm-hmm. uh, of sorts that she is in the in the books. You know, and Han is just there. And Luke is the, the Obi-Wan type character who's got a new Jedi temple going and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I don't know. It's... You know, this leads me to uh, something I forgot to put on our list, but uh, something that kind of freaks me out is this this internet age that we live in these days. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to go and see these movies in the theater, but I don't want to know too much about them before I do. Oh, I know. But at the same time, I'm clicking on every link that I see out there these days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't. You know, I got into the internet late. Like, I didn't even get an internet connection until a couple of years after Phantom Menace came out. Um, oh, wow. And so, but I was still spoiled by that movie because I was so eager for it to come out that when I saw a comic book version of it on the shelf, I bought it and read it before I went and saw oh, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do that with the novels. I, I Like, I read Revenge of the Sith before it came out. Oh, I'm sorry. That was because yeah. that was such a good book. Uh, and then the movie was a little disappointing after the yeah, book. Yeah, because it went into a lot more background into Grievous. Yeah. I read the Grievous book. So there's a book, like, right? So there's three books. There's the book before Revenge of the Sith, all about Grievous. And then there's the Revenge of the Sith, and there's the book about Vader after Revenge of the Sith. Those three books together work really well. Oh, cool. I haven't read the Grievous one. I'll have to check that one out. Because yeah, he's like a character a, I don't know prequel, much about. It's like a prequel to... It's a prequel to Revenge of the Sith. But okay. it's like it's one of those, you know, Clone War kind of... It does kind of wrap up some of the Clone War stuff leading up to... It ends with the kidnapping of the Chancellor. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, because I always like that. I like the way Tartatowski did that back in that the original Clone Wars series. Yeah, uh, you know, I like the way that one led right into, and you even understood why Grievous had a cough with his yeah, with yeah, his yeah. Uh, uh, iteration of that. But yeah, I'd be curious to see what the Star Wars books have to say. So I'll keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's like it's hard to figure out like where they're going to go with with everything. How do you how do you create you know how do you become blind to what they're going to be putting out? It's such in the infant stages that. I, I think as long as they keep making smart decisions, you know, I'll I'll, I'll buy in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll buy in well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just interesting how, you know, where they can take it, where they can go with it. I mean, it, this opens up whole new doors. I mean, I mean, again, the surreal factor is like I can't, I still can't believe they're making seven, eight, and nine. They're still going to be, you know, and it's not going to be Lucas. So it's like, wow, these things could actually be good. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, not to put anything down and put Lucas down anyway, but you know, I think that what you said earlier about having too many yes men around really didn't, you know, really hurt those movies, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it it's not going to happen this time. And uh you know, we can't all point the finger at him if, uh, right. if things go badly this time, which I think is a huge load off of his shoulders. Well, think about all the flack that he got from the prequels. And so you go into Revenge of the Sith, and for him to say, hey, i got to bring in my buddy Steven Spielberg to film the last fight sequence between Obi-Wan and, and uh, Anakin mm-hmm. so, this, so, I don't screw, so we don't screw it up, <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, you know, what I, mean? I mean, that goes way beyond any missteps you did with Jar Jar. That goes way beyond anything you did that you know caught a bunch of other flack in the the potty humor and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably what helps make Revenge of the Sith you know as good as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is my favorite of the, of the of the prequels. I actually like the movie. It's actually like my second or third favorite film. Yeah, I go back to it quite a bit. I mean, if for nothing else, just to watch that opening space battle on the big or on you know yeah. on my my widescreen TV with the Blu-ray. I mean, it looks yeah. fabulous. And uh, yeah, that's that's my guilty pleasure Star Wars movie. Like whenever I'm like, you know, I need some good space battles and some good lightsaber duels, and I'll put that one on, and then I'll just skip all the dialogue in between. Right. And, and I do like like I like the cutting back and forth, the birth of the twins, and I mean, I do like Vader becoming Vader. Like it's mm-hmm. that is pretty kick ass. Mm-hmm. Like I I do. It's like cool. You get it. Like you understand. Like. Okay, he's like, you know, <laughs> I saw a, a Think Geek movie uh, today. I showed it to my daughter for these popsicle things they're selling. And he's like, and the guy says to Vader, who's selling the ice cream treats out of the truck, he goes, so does it smell like burnt bacon inside your helmet? That <laughs> <I> just cracks <laughs> me up. It's like, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. They're just like firing off questions at him. It's like, your daughter's hot. He goes, I don't know how that's relevant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good one. It's, it's funny. It was... Um, quick side note it's i maybe somebody out there can help explain or maybe this person's out there who listens to this podcast so think geek puts out a video for their their lightsaber popsicles which is actually one of their april fools jokes that they actually made into a real thing mm-hmm. and they did a little promo video for it it's darth vader selling ice cream treats out of an ice cream truck that plays the star wars theme like a little like ding 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 ding, ding. i have those yeah because they made yeah. those as a download back on april fools back in the day and yeah. every once in a while they come up on random on my itunes it cracks me up well the guy in the suit uh, the guy who's in the voice is Chad Vader, but the guy in the suit, his name's Kevin Gothrop. No way. But there's, there's, no, there's no E at the end. So he's he's either British mm-hmm. or he – I didn't realize there was more Gothrops in the country. So uh, – and uh, everybody thought – everybody online thought it was me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I no idea. I'm like, well, thank you, but I, that's not me. And there's very few of me out there. So anyway. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So, yeah, that's yeah, there's only a couple of Whitney Andersons out there and – you know, most of them are women, and uh, uh-huh. there's one who's a marine biologist somewhere, too. So, okay. So they're published, and it's like, oh, good paper. Well, thanks. Yeah, you totally. <laughs> yeah. I've Googled my name a few times and going, what? This is really weird. Because when I was a little kid, I thought killer whales were the coolest thing, and I wanted to be a, a killer whale trainer. And so I, I see him pop up online, and I'm like, wow, it's an alternate universe of some sort. It's <laughs> fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have a lot on, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, where I was and, and you know, how it's still. So now the whole thing for me is, like, how fast do I get to Disney and how much does that matter at this point? Because now I have every excuse to be a Disney nerd. Mm-hmm. Not that I see anything early if I go, but I've still yet to go to Disneyland, and I know that's sacrilege living out in the West now. But I grew up back east, so I always went to Disney World. Okay. And, so I, and I do need to hit Disney World this year. I actually, there's a good chance I actually might hit both this year. So maybe there will be 
some stuff, you know, maybe I'll have some reports on like, hey, look, they've already permeated some of the merchandise. Mm-hmm. You know, there's five times more figures here. There's, uh, you know, series three, four, five, and six of Vinylmation. You know, there's always that risk. Yeah. That was that's one thing I never got into. I mean, I'm not a huge Disney fan. I mean, I'm I'm not a hater of Disney anyway, but I I sort of roll my eyes at all the vinylmation stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a little cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the one Disney crossover that I do love is uh, Stitch from the Lilo and Stitch movies. I I love the little characters they make of him. Like there's one of him as Yoda that's really good, but I love the one of him as Grievous. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it's, a really cute little thing. Like that up. Isn't there one of him as the Emperor? Um, there could be. I don't remember seeing that one, but I think they've done him in just about every character. Uh, he was such a cool little thing. Uh, yeah. just, you know, such a cool little alien, I always thought. Uh, so I, I, I don't mind him as much as like seeing Goofy as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it now. Yeah, it's like, it's spot on. Like, he, almost like he is Grievous. <laughs> yeah, he's got little arms out because he, he would do that little, you know, sort of silly, mean version of him in the in the movie uh um um let's see now that we're getting well you were talking about it being sacrilege don't worry about not being to disney i only went once and that was back in 1986 um Mm -hmm. and i had and that was right before star tours came out so i never got to see the original star tours but then Mm -hmm. last year when they redid it i did hit uh both disneyland and disney world in the same summer and uh, oh wow but I only did – this is part of this big road trip I did last summer where I drove mm. all over the United States. And uh, those were two of the landing points that I wanted to hit. And I went to both parks, and the only thing I rode was Star Tours. Uh, nice. I would just – I'd go through it, I'd turn around, and I'd get back in line. Uh, wow. And then when I was at Disney World, luckily the fast track or fast pass thing was working because uh, mm-hmm. it was – too late in the day when I got to Disneyland. I couldn't use that, uh, so I had to wait in line the whole time. But uh, at Disney World, thankfully, I didn't have to wait in line because I go and get a fast pass, and then I would just go find places that had air conditioning and would hang out in those places until it was time for me to go out. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in the gift shop that day. <laughs> did, um, now how many different versions of it did you think you saw now between both parks, both visits? How I, many I saw every single world and every uh, – every, uh, Every person that they because they have Akbar and Yoda and Princess Leia talk to you. Uh, okay, so I saw all three of those. I got to be the spy one time. You know, there's they talk about it being you know it's 53 different combinations that you can do mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, I didn't write it 53 times, but I did get to see. I got to see. I got to go to every world once, and there's a couple of beginnings and endings, and so I, I saw every scenario. I just didn't see them mm-hmm. in each combination that they could right, be in. Right, right. Well, here's a sad thing. My daughter's uh, six going on seven uh, on Tuesday, uh-huh. and um, she's been to Disneyland twice and ridden it four times, and I've not even been on it once. <laughs> I'm like, that's not cool. <laughs> so we're going to fix that this year. Okay, so it's next time we'll get her on the podcast to talk about her thoughts on it instead of you, because you're worthless to us, Kevin. <laughs> you'll get scholars to the eyes of a six-year-old or a seven-year-old. Uh-huh. Well, that was funny because my nephews had gone on it first. They went back to visit their grandma earlier in that summer. She lives in Orlando. And so when they got back, I fully questioned them. So what did you think of this? What did you think of that? And, they, you know, and getting, the interrogation. Yeah, and they're getting really technical about it. And they're like, yeah, it was cool. Can we go play now? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Say bye. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we start yeah. talking about toys there for a sec. You want to you yes. move on and talk about the, uh, the last sure. wave of toys that came out recently? Um, yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, I know you've uh, you got yours. I've uh, I've been uh, financially strapped this year, so I haven't gotten mine yet. I did pick up a, a Royal Guard from that wave, so that way whenever I do pick up a case, I'll have two of them. But that's the only one I've been able to see in person. Uh, have you? Did you keep all ears on card, or did you actually go and open oh, yeah. a couple of them? Nope. nope. <laughs> you know better than that. I know. I know. Yeah, you were hoping. You were hoping. Um, so I was. I hedged my bets. I was fortunate. I hedged my bets, uh-huh. and I kind of stayed consistent. I mean, I always try to support, obviously, you know, uh, Big Bad Toy Stores, you know, as a sponsor. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we should probably mention that they're a sponsor. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I was trying to figure out who to order from. Uh, but I've, I've been I've been very consistent and very, very uh, uh, lucky with Entertainment Earth. And um, it's just some, it's just sort of my go-to. And I like, if, if anybody is going to be at risk for not getting these on time, it probably will not be Entertainment Earth. It'll be the bigger online uh, shop. So I, I ordered from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got it, um, I think, almost before everybody else. As far as – sorry, I should say they got it before almost everybody else did, even if it was by a couple days. And so um, some people were online having them a couple of days before mine. I'm kind of like, you know, I want to keep my my photos up to speed. I want to, you know, I kind of, you know, keep the reputation going, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. want to get it as soon as I can. So it came pretty quick. And I got it like, um, I only had said November, but I had gotten it in mid-October. Yeah, you and, were one of the uh, first people I saw posting pictures of it. And, uh, and I, it's a great, I mean, it, it is a good... I, let me let me organize my thoughts here for a second. the The one thing I'm glad that I didn't lose track of, and neither did they, was they kept the four the four figures from the Phantom Menace that they they said they were going to release on the Darth Maul card and the Vintage Line card, which is the um, the Senator there, the uh, the Pod Racer, not mm-hmm. the Senator, the Pod Racer, uh, the Gungan, the Aura uh, Singh, and the Naboo pilot. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they did a new boot pilot. They should have just did Rick Ole, but whatever. Um, so because I was kind of like, are they ever going to do this? Are they ever going to put these out? Are they ever going to put these out? And then they made them as part of the last line. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. They did, you know, f- I didn't want these four floating out there and they'd be like, you know, Anakin, you know, like Power of the Force Anakin's, you know, from 1984 or something, like uh, floating out there, <laughs> like crap, they're 4,000 apiece. Um, so I'm glad they came with that. The rest of this, the line is great. I love the Nine Numb. I love the Emperor's Royal Guard. I'm a little upset they changed the picture on the Emperor's Royal Guard, but you know how I am. I'm such a, you know, completist with the original, you know, picture. If you're going to do vintage card backs, you need to do vintage photos. I can't remember now. What was the original photo? Was it by the elevator or something? Um, you know what? I had one right in front of me, but let me let me pull it up super quick. Okay. Um, it's like, it, yeah, I think it is. I think it's in, it's got to be. It's got to be inside the, uh, it's not when he, it's not in the hangar when he comes off the right, show like on the new one. It's, it's like it's, in the throne room where it's all dark and you just see the lights from the elevator next to him or something, I think. Yeah, got it. Exactly. And so... Like, so there's that one, there's the Rebel Soldier, and then there's Ponda Baba. I think those are the only three that they changed the photos on when they re-released them in the, in the, in the, in the vintage collection. I'm like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I mean, I know maybe with, with Walrus Man, because the original photo is so hacked. Oh. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's not even a picture of anything. It's like a, a picture of a sketch that's been pumped up a little bit. Oh, okay. So I think there's, a, there's an issue with that. Um but the Rebel Soldier, there's no reason to change that photo, and um, I can't. Remember. And in the Emperor's Royal Guard, there was really no reason to change that one either. Yeah. Um, the the one that's interesting though is the 
um, the Navy commander, Imperial Navy commander, the, which is the, the old death squad commander. Yeah. They, um, what's interesting, what's interesting around that is that they photoshopped the hell out of him, and he doesn't even look like the same guy. Uh, <laughs> like it's weird. And, and that's, that's funny. Like they took that to an extreme, I think, but that all aside, going back to the line itself, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's not. I mean, I like it. I, I like that they did prune face. I like that they did a few others. I mean, I don't think they need to do a second week way. They could have just done it right the first time. Sometimes you wonder if they even like it was like always oh, screwed up. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they put out week way, which is oh, this isn't the real week way. This is a this is a week way hunter, <laughs> you know, with a different vest, and we're gonna put a different photo. It's like no, I think somebody screwed up. You know, I mean, I mean. Daryl was on vacation that day or something and at Hasbro and didn't do the QA on it and said, what are you doing? This yeah. is not the guy. And then they still, they put out the guy, you know, <laughs> now there's two of them. Yeah. Now that the wave or now that the vintage wave is done for a little while, I'm looking back and going, well, crap, I wish they had done this guy. And I wish, you know, I wish they had a Chewbacca mm-hmm. on there. You know, I wish they had had, you know, a bunch of other ones that were from the original, uh, vintage card backs that they had updated. And, uh, you know, and I'm looking at some of the guys, like I've got, I don't have many unopened, but because I bought a couple cases, like I have a bomb vitum here that's still in the card. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, he's a great, you know, figure, but you know, I would much rather have had, you know, yeah. another hammerhead on the vintage card back versus him, you know, right. save these guys for, for the, the build droids and stuff like that. You know, when you don't have that, you know, connection with the nostalgia, I think that would have been mm-hmm. a lot, a lot better. Uh, but no, I whatever. agree. The the um, yeah, like Hammerhead would have been sweet because he's, he's so classic. I mean, you know how I am about the original twenty one. So. Exactly. No, I mean, I, if I, I'm sure it would have just made your world if you could have gotten the original twenty one again on updated yeah. new card backs and not not have to go and make them yourself. Uh, yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because right around the time that they announced that they were going to end the line, uh, at least or temporarily end the line, and I know they have more to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking at it right now. I actually made a little bit of a list because I actually have all the the re-release vintage figures. So, because um, there's the the VOTC, which is the vintage original trilogy collection. Was that the one that was like 2004? 2004, 2005. Uh huh. Then there's the VSC, which is the vintage saga collection from 06 and 07. Then there's the VTAC, which is the vintage 30th anniversary collection from 2007. Oh, man. Which are only like five figures. And then there's obviously the vintage collection itself. So, you know, if you are looking at, okay, which figures have been re-released on a vintage, you kind of need to include those. Yeah. I mean, I do like with the speeder bike pilot and Bosk and a couple of other guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Princess Leia, you know, I wish they would have re-released it, that figure because she's such a, that's such a great Princess Leia action figure. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go through all of those and, but there are still a bunch that they've <clears throat> never they've never done again. So, like for example, this is, I'll just give you a couple. Like, there's no basic R two D two. Yeah. Like, there's no basic. There's no basic Jawa. Right. You know, and the, and then you look at the original twenty one. Right. There's no Hammerhead. There's no Snaggletooth. There's no Death Star Droid. There's no Walrus. Well, there is Walrus Man, but the, but the wrong photo. Mm-hmm. And then there's no Power Droid. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, there's like six or seven from the original twenty one, and there's a few of There's no Lobot. There's no Ugnaught. There's no Adat Driver. You know, and you can go through. Alone, there's no Bib Fortuna. There's a bunch. That's but, one that I really wish they would have done. That figure needs updating. Totally does. You know, there's no uh, Lando Skiff. There's no Leia and Bausch. You mm-hmm. know, which they've done the figure. But right. 
the card back. I mean, these are easy things. So here you go, right? So they say, oh, well, that's why we're bringing the line back, and we're going to do more. And I'm like, okay, that's that's great. That's awesome for you. Uh, but then you have the other things that I find interesting. Like, So they do, like, Barada, right? Or, or they do Kithaba. They, they name them the right way. Mm-hmm. And they'll, take, they'll take the photo off of the Power of the Force line of, big, of cards and slap it on the original vintage. So it's almost like you're getting the last 17. Yeah. On an original uh, vintage card back, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, no complaints there. Um, I'm just sad because I think this is a moneymaker for them. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they have that rationale of, okay, um, we don't. And I, and I actually listened to a lot of different um, uh, audio interviews with Daryl DePriest at, like, different events over the year, like Celebration 6, where they didn't have a booth. Um, but they they uh, they still were able to grab him and, and talk to him and I've, I've been fortunate to talk to him a couple times you know back at San Diego Comic Con and and then a few other you know when they launched the uh, Clone Wars figures and stuff um, he's a great guy to talk to he's definitely an advocate for the collector mm-hmm. um, and he's the one who said you know we don't want to you know beat a dead horse or you know ruin a good thing so you know I think they'll create they'll create more need if they they do they put the line on hiatus. I mean, you know, but even if they did, like, special pack-ins, like, they could do, like, a vintage figure in, like, future case waves. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be clever, you know, to kind of keep people, you know, keeping the vintage collectors coming. Because I think it's a, it's an easy sell. And I think that now's not – there's a lot of other lines you should have said that, too, and this is not one of them. You yeah. know, like, oh, we don't want to ruin a good thing. Well, you ruined a bad thing with a lot of other stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and so maybe keep the thing that people like the most. I mean, to see vintage card backs on the shelf when you walk into a toy store, I mean, if that isn't nostalgia, I don't know what is. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so there's 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 a lot to be said for where they want to go with it. I know which ones they should make. Um, but, you know, when they say, oh, we're going to, you know, put our investment in this, like fighter pods, you're going to spend money on fighter <laughs> You're not going to invest in more vintage. That's ridiculous. Uh huh. So it's that's funny. I mean, fighter pods remind me of those. Uh, you know, the the little you put a quarter in the machine and turn it, and you get the plastic yeah. bubble that comes out. I mean, they totally remind me of that. And why they couldn't just do one of those instead of yeah, essentially that's what, what they, they are. do. Yeah. I mean, everybody describes them that way. Yeah. But oh well, I got a quick question on the naming because you know you're. You know, I know you've got a yeah. little gripe with going back and changing Walrus Man to Ponda Baba and those types yes. of things. How come Ahsoka only gets her first name on the card? Why doesn't it say Ahsoka Tano? Oh, I don't. That's a good question. I didn't even notice that. Actually. Isn't that a little weird? Wait a minute. I gotta go. I gotta check that out. I'm pretty sure it only says Ahsoka on the card. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Let me see what the deal is here. That's a little redonkulous. Yeah, because I mean they'll go through. I mean like. Like Bomb Vidim, I'm sitting here looking at it right now. It says Bomb Vidim, and then in parentheses, Cantina Patron. I mean, they could have done Ahsoka Tano, Jedi Padawan, if they wanted to, if they're going to put this much detail on this little guy here. Um, that is really weird. Like, that makes almost no sense. Yeah. Wow, that's, a, that's yeah, she's, uh, maybe she's like, you know, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, she's reached diva status. <laughs> that's what they decided to do. It's like, or either that or the guy that was who was in charge of that wasn't in that day. What's your last name? I don't know. Just put a first name on it. we got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are weirder decisions that were made. Um, but, no, I like I like the line. Um, they made the realistic Clone Wars to get a few Clone Wars figures. Um, to get the logo, to see yeah. how they handle 
logo. I, that's interesting to me. I yeah, I, I think they did a pretty good job. I was a little hesitant when they first released them, but since then I've picked up the Anakin, and I look forward to picking up the Ahsoka and the Obi-Wan at some point, and I've seen some pictures people have been posting with action shots they've done with them, and that Ahsoka is so much cooler in some of these shots than I ever thought she would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, too. If you look at the photo... Um, you know, it looks like, I mean, I don't want to just, you know, say, oh, it's, it's this kind of person, but the model does look African-American. It doesn't look like she's, you know, like a Caucasian model, you know, which kind of thing brings a different life to, you know, maybe what you see on screen because it's like, you know, you know, it's it's not so uh, homogenous like mm-hmm. what Star Wars universe can be, you know, sometimes. So I think it's good that they're kind of, you know, doing something because there is no, because you, you want to know what these people are when you go to the, to, um, the events, right? So they have actual, they have a paid model for um, Quinlan Voss. They have mm-hmm. a paid model for, for Mara Jade Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, the, I think her name's Shannon. I can't remember her last name, Shannon something. So it's like if they, if, if this is sort of a, a launch pad for a real live action Ahsoka Tano that may be in a, a real live action show down the road, you know, it's almost like you're, you're creating new characters. Um, you know, the, there's a French woman who plays Aura Singh, for example. You know, mm-hmm. even though Jamie King does the voice for her on Clone Wars, right. it, it's interesting to see like there there is cast of characters out there that you know like will you see this woman at um, at a celebration signing and can you get your figure signed? That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting. You know, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like um, I kind of want to know who she is, who's the model, yeah, you know? uh, or or who's it based on because it is an artist rendition, but that looks like actual phot- a photograph that was then, you know art was applied to it right that's you know and that's sort of what they did with the other ones like the anakin one is sort of a photoshop montage of a couple of different things where they added armor onto it like i've seen that picture of hayden christensen before yeah exactly and and, uh yeah so that's that's interesting i haven't i haven't looked at the card art enough uh or i haven't actually seen it in person so it's hard to say but i I look forward to doing that now that you've brought it up and uh one is definitely the obi-wan from the you know the the mustafar duel Mm-hmm. His head on a you know a model's body, but you really can't do that with Ahsoka. No, no, you can't. And uh, talking about the actors and actresses who play some of these characters and just having a face for it. Um, uh, what's her name? Not Aura Singh, the the blue Jedi woman, the Twi'lek. Oh, Amy, Amy Smart. Yeah, Amy, Amy well, Allen. Amy, Amy Allen. Allen. Yeah, I've I you know I saw her from a distance, and I mean she's gorgeous in person. And then oh, yeah. somebody was talking about bumping into her at the airport, and they just said she's the nicest person in the whole world, and all that. And I just yeah, I just you know that brings a smile to my face to hear that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and then like uh, the woman who plays, uh, I should just go to Facebook and find out uh, the woman who plays uh, Shakti. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually just friended me on Facebook like three days ago. Oh, cool. And, uh, I think, I think I sent out a, a fan request, but she's a big advocate for the fans. Neat, neat. Yeah. And, uh, so oh, I think Oli is her first name. I, I am really bad with last names, but, mm-hmm. um, Oshi, maybe it's Oshi. can't remember her name. Anyway. Um, but really cool. I mean like that, they, you know, they have that and it's funny cause, oh yeah, it's Orly, Orly Shoshan, um, plays Shakti and, uh, you know, and it's funny because Amy Allen, um, there's a quick video from 2008. I was interviewing uh, Dave Filoni, and it's funny because we're in the um, the official picks booth, and um, Amy Allen keeps poking her head around the corner and, like, looking at the camera and, like, smiling, like, photobombing the interview, like, <laughs> like, smiling, waving, and then, like, peeking again, and, like, she's, like, messing with, with us, and it's hilarious. Nice. So much. So it's, if you see the video, it's on my Facebook page. But if you see the video, you see her goofing around, and it's like, you know, that's that's... 
it's good when they can, you know, just kind of be, you know, like everybody, you know, just. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast because we had Stephen Stanton on, who does the Captain Tarkin from the Clone Wars. Oh, um, cool. As well as many, many other voices on there. But that's who he's most well known for, especially with his Tarkin costume he's been wearing everywhere recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I was just thanking him for the, because uh, he's, you know, such an advocate for the fans and interacts with them on a daily basis on Facebook. And, you know, it's. Uh, I really enjoy, you know, the Clone Wars are sort of the spokespeople these days because they are the ones who are active Star Wars actors. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I hope with these new movies that we get more people like this uh, who are, you know, fans of it as well as, you know, working for it and go out and, you know, sign autographs and hang out and do publicity things. And it's just, it, it's fun. I like, I, I like the involvement that uh, Star Wars has these days in everything. And, uh you know, this kind of leads me to another topic that I wanted to talk about. And, like, you and I certainly had to suffer through this. And I was kind of wondering if it was going to go this way again of, like, the dark times where there is nothing. You know, there were no movies for years and years and years and weren't even any toys for us for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, you know, the Clone Wars are getting close to wrapping up in the next couple of years. There were no movies on the horizon up until a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was wondering if it was going to happen again, if we were going to, you know, Hasbro was going to stop producing, you know, it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Uh, right. You know, I think we're going to have Star Wars in, you know, the eyes or in the, you know, on the forefront for a long time to go now. Um, yeah. So I, I don't even know if there's really much to discuss now that it's, uh, that we're not going to have a dark times. Uh-huh. No, I mean, it's like, it's, there's a part of me that, that can't remember, you know, what it was like between 84, 85 and the prequels. I mean, it's like, I think I was like, if I was fishing up high school, college, you know, that was taking up a lot of time. So it kind of almost didn't matter. And then it was also unlike today, it wasn't super cool to be a Star Wars fan, you know, in, the, in that time period, especially in high oh, school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? So it's like, I, it, it kind of, I guess, you know, you get into sports, you get into college, you do the other things. So you mm-hmm. kind of, so it, it, it wasn't as much of a, a, like a, like, Oh, I really wish it would come back. And you know, that kind of thing. And then, then you kind of get into college and then you start working and you start, you start getting some money, a little bit of spent, you know, disposable income. And it's like, and all of a sudden the figures come out and you're like, well, wait a minute here, what's going on? And it's like, all right, I can start reliving my childhood again. I can start buying the old stuff. And, and, and it kind of, before there even was something, it was like, it was already building. Mm-hmm. And then the prequels were now the special editions came out. And then I was like, okay, I'm back. Yeah. So it, for me, the timing worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if this wasn't a now. I mean, I, I, I know what I was planning to do, uh, you know, is I'm, I just, you know, I made the decision two or three years ago, which is kind of correlates to the last conversation. I've gone strictly, I, I just out of necessity, I purged all my modern stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I've talked about this in past podcasts where I've gone all vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually made a decision even re- more recently. I'm, I'm getting even more finite with it. And, and I, I think my friend Tom Burgess over at IGrewUpStarWars.com will, you know, either treat this as a as an homage or a, a straight out copy. But <laughs> I'm focusing on just the first 21 figures mm-hmm. um, and different versions. And I've actually made a decision in the last like 48 hours where. I'm going to, I'm working on the original 21. I only need five more. Um, but then I want to start looking at international versions of those first 20, 12 to 21 figures. Oh, cool. Um, and there's something about the design. Again, I get, I, I'm a 2d designer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, that's my background graphic design. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm fascinated with card back design mm-hmm. and, and to see, you know, kind of the process that it went through and the logo designs of, 
all the different ones. And there's something about it. And now it's like, I'd rather just stay in that little happy, you know, safe area of those 21 figures and, and then go deeper, you know, and, uh, kind of kick myself a little bit. I'm going to, might reach out to Mr. Duncan Jenkins and he still has it, but he had a, uh, a set of the medallions from celebration Europe, um, with the international logos. Yeah. Um, I have the, the, uh, the, the collector giveaways. I have the domestic ones. I have the whole set <laughs> and, but that does a really good job of representing all the, there's like one, uh, coin or medallion for every country represented hmm. um, with one of the figures and instead of having all 12, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's what I was going to focus on. So, I mean, I was ready to just kind of go more into a, into an investment kind of mode mm-hmm. and go backwards as opposed to, like, I'm not buying any modern. I'm not buying... I, I just had the best of both worlds because I collect vintage and then there was a modern vintage collection. There was a modern Kenner collection. Right. And so now I'm kind of at a point where it's like I would have done that. Now, I don't know what will happen with the new movies. If they don't put out vintage card backs with the new movies, I won't get those figures either. <laughs> I won't. I just won't. Unless it's something so kick-ass like with a Stormtrooper or something. Yeah. Because, you know, there's my Stormtrooper, you know, fetish there, mm-hmm. you know, because of my car and everything. And so, you know, I'll, I'll always do that. Um, but, in, you know, there's some additions to that collection we'll talk about later, too. <laughs> Um, but that's what, what. What were you planning on doing with my collecting? Well, like, like if there was going to be a dark time, so to speak, what was what was your game plan if you had one? I I, I didn't know. I mean, I was just sort of, you know, I was I didn't know. Like, I was, you know, am I going to suddenly? Because I mean, you know, it, it it isn't uncool to be a thirty-five-year-old guy who plays with action figures, takes pictures on Instagram all day long. Like, you know, I get people <laughs> that are like, "Wow, that's that's really cool that you do that." But, you know, I mean, if suddenly if Star Wars were to fall out of the spotlight a little bit and it wasn't on everybody's mind the way it is. And even like random people who have no association, don't have kids who watch Clone Wars or anything. I mean, they're they can feel the energy. You know, they go to Target. They see the the shirts there and the toys and things, Um, you know, so it's not that obscure for most people. Um, I was afraid I was going to become that that scary dude who's playing with action figures. But, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm suddenly like. You know, I might be able to get a job on the next three movies in some, you mm-hmm. know, fashion or another. You know, who knows what? I mean, what, what can happen at this point? I um, mean, that's the whole thing too. It's like everybody's dream to work on Star Wars. It's like you actually may have another shot at it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, it's a whole new world. It's it really it's funny how that you know that one news conference just sort of really changed everything. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, man, crazy. Um. But yeah, let's let's digress a little bit here, and let's let's talk about your stormtrooper fetish here for a second. You <laughs> you, you posted a, a picture the other day that I had wanted, I'd been wanting to ask you about, and now I've got the perfect chance. What okay. is this uh, this stormtrooper horse that somebody <laughs> made for you? Is there a story behind this, or is I mean, besides it just being cool? There's always you know, there's always a story. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's interesting. So I. Uh, well, my my girlfriend now of the past three years, um, who I actually was we're best friends in high school with, um, we reconnected, and uh, she, uh, her, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 divulge a little bit more here. So, uh, if anybody's ever seen the movie Fever Pitch um, with Jimmy Fallon, and it's about the the Red Sox, and they're the girls, his girlfriend and Drew Barrymore is talking with her friends about. How, you know, how has this guy never been, you know, snatched up before and been married off already? And 
you know, what's his deal? Why is he still single? Because, you know, the closet thing is that he's a big Red Sox fan. Mm -hmm. So they, her friend tells the story about like, you know, they thought this guy was great. Some other guy they met and, and all of a sudden they, one day they open up the closet and, and when a big garbage bag is all of his hair clippings and his toenail and his fingernail clippings from his entire life. And they're like, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this bag of hair, right? Wow. So, so the, it comes later in the movie where he's, he's going to come clean about his, his Red Sox addition, you know, addiction. And Drew Barrymore under her breath goes, oh, God, here comes the bag of hair. Right? And so and she didn't know what he was going to say. And then she was relieved it was just Red Sox. It wasn't like a real bag of hair. So my girlfriend calls my Star Wars addiction and specifically my Stormtrooper addiction my bag of hair. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so you know, give, give, I give as good as I get when I can. And so mm -hmm. uh, her bag of hair is uh, she's actually a big horse enthusiast. And so she, um, she's done training. She's done breeding. She's uh, had a, various horses her entire life. She's, she has this sort of uh, natural horns, horsemanship uh, background. Oh, cool. Um, and she's very talented. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she, a while back, got me into, you know, she collects these uh, Trail of the Painted Ponies. And I'm a big fan of anything from a design standpoint that you take the same base model mm -hmm. uh, and, you, and you change it into different things. So you look at, like, urban vinyl figures that take the same form, like a Dunny yeah. or, you know, like a Mighty Mug, for example. You know, and so it's the same shape, you know, Vinylmation, perfect example. They've all jumped on the bandwagon. Right. You know, but I look back to things like Swatch Watches. Look at Swatch Watches. Yeah, you know? that's a great example. You know, like like the, all the components are exactly the same, but it's all about how you make them different to make mm -hmm. something different. So they made these blank painted ponies. All these different painted ponies came out, and you get like you know the ones that are wrapped in dollar bills or coins or you know like all these different designs. And they have series every year. And actually, they're based out of uh, I just realized recently they're based out of Arizona. And I had the fortunate uh, privilege to meet the president of the company at a horse show here last year. Mm -hmm. They were selling blank ones for the first time, and she was very curious about how they would sell. And I bought two of them uh, because I wanted one for my daughter because she was fascinated. She's always doing art projects and things like that. Cool. She's like, well, you know, make sure you send me what she does with it, and we'll put it up on the blog. I said, that's great. So um, I had this extra one. And one of the things I was talking, I was talking to one of the artists at the show who do commissions, and I said, would you ever consider doing a Stormtrooper horse? Because I'll take anything that's, a you know, try to slap Star Wars or Stormtrooper on it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, the artist did say that it would be about $500. I'm like, well, damn well, better be good. It better have armor on it and the whole thing <laughs> if I'm going to pay that kind of money. Yeah. And my girlfriend was there, and she's like, just just, just give it to me. Just give it to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she quietly uh, – I kind of forgot about it, and she was quietly working on it. And uh, she had the brilliant idea of actually – she looked at – I gave her a figure – uh, a regular you know, Stormtrooper three and three quarter. And I said, just take this as a, as a, a guide. And that's mm -hmm. all she worked from. It was just a standard figure. That was it. Hmm. No other resources. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at it. She's thinking about it. And she tried to work on a different thing with some sculpty and trying to create some customizing. Uh, Cause I'm not a 3d guy, but clearly she is a 3d person. This is amazing. <laughs> so uh, she built it. And then she had the, 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 the brilliant idea where she actually painted the entire base of the horse black. Mm -hmm. Like like a stock like a like a like a Under Armour you know, mm -hmm. and uh, then she took some uh, it's it's like Bondo or I don't know what it's called but basically it's it's something that allows you to put uh, sculpt something on top of uh, a, a statue and then you can bake it and it hardens and that's what she used for the armor so it's actually armor plates on top of the base horse nice <laughs> and then a buddy of mine made the vinyl sticker of the um, 
the imperial logo that we kind of slapped on its hind quarter, uh-huh. like a like, like a, brand. a brand, yeah, yeah, like a brand. And then <laughs> and, and then she did like a the base of like a fly mask. You put a fly mask on a horse to protect his eyes and his mouth from flies. Yeah, exactly. And from, and from disease, uh, as you know, I've learned a lot about horses. Um, you know, flies that come from one barn to another, they can spread disease. So you put a fly mask on them. Well, she kind of took the fly mask idea and made the helmet, sort of the stormtrooper helmet, into the fly mask. And uh, that's the finished product. And uh, I w- and that was my early Christmas present, and I'm completely blown away by it. Yeah. I no, love I, it. It's awesome. I knew you had gotten it as a gift. I didn't realize, especially I didn't realize all the history behind it, which is even cooler. Uh, but it was I didn't realize it was your girlfriend that had done that for you. Yeah. 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 And she's actually, my daughter's a big R2-D2. My daughter's getting into R2-D2 like... Uh, I'm, I'm into stormtroopers, and she's contemplating actually getting another one and maybe doing an R2-D2 horse. <laughs> and then we even talked about maybe doing a, a gold foil um, C-3PO one. That would be funny if you can get a pony one and you do the R2-D2 as the pony and you do C-3PO as the horse. Brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. That'd be, that'd be like side-by-side. Side. That'd mm-hmm. be pretty that's a, not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, I like all the details you said, like the fly mask and things, because I, I was raised on a horse ranch, well, a mule ranch, but, uh, you know, my mom's a huge horse freak uh, as mm-hmm. well. And so I, I know about all that stuff where you got to be careful about, you know, taking them to shows because, you know, get contamination from other things. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and I've heard about shows getting shut down because, you know, somebody came in with a horse that was sick and like everybody yeah. else was like, no, we're out of here. Sorry, show's over. Yeah, no, I heard about that, too. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it, the stuff you learn. And it's something that's completely 180 from Hawaii. I am mm-hmm. and I've actually you know we have a horse back east and I've bonded with him and so I know that connection that you have with a horse so when you're training and you know you're, you're working with them and, and that kind of thing and it's all that's it's that trust you know what I mean you, yeah it's, it's a lot of trust and uh, she, you know it, it's interesting because it's completely out of 180 of what I do I, I'm not an outdoors guy I'm not a I'm not an animal person, you know. But to do something like that, so th- it, this symbolizes a lot. It's like the, the convergence of both worlds. That's why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Well, happy early Christmas, man. Yeah, thanks, man. yeah it's cool. It's awesome. So definitely a, a, a pillar in the collection, no doubt. It's uh, it's right there in front of my uh, premium premium format sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it goes in the case with that. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we already talked, uh, it sounds like neither of us did anything for Black Friday. I spent the day playing Legos with my nephews. And, uh, oh, you, perfect. That's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, they were all <laughs> jealous because their friend was going out to get all the Lego sets that were coming out that day, and there was a new Batman set coming out. And so my friend and I were like, you get all these Legos? Let's build you a Batmobile. And so we built him this badass Batmobile, and that was that was a fun way to spend the day. And they couldn't wait for their friend to get back with all the new toys so they can show them the cool toy that they got. Um, I was like, that's cool, you know, we taught them, you know, they didn't have to go shopping, they're not worried about not getting the good stuff that, you know, all the other realists is spending money on, and yeah, we didn't support the economy, but I think, I almost feel like these days that the economy has gotten itself in such a trouble that, like, now it's, we're almost expected to bail them out every year, you know, we didn't have to do Mm -hmm. this in, in order to keep the economy going, but whatever yeah. that, that's not star wars it's like yeah, i mean year after year i mean real quick on that it's like you see it's like oh you know it, it broke last year and it broke last year and it's like well even though you know people still want stuff and like i think that that's true i will say though just being out there a little bit the past couple of days i don't know if it's gonna they're, they're gonna be able to report the same thing this year yeah I, it, I don't i mean there were lines but there weren't like lines I was a little shocked by the people camping in front of Best Buy like a week earlier and things. And my first thought was, 
because there's been so much stuff with the Occupy protest here in the United States the last few years, the last couple of years, with, you know, police tear gassing campsites to get people out. And, uh, and I was like, so how is it cool for these people to camp in the parking lot at Best Buy, but you can't, like, you know, you know, and my thought originally was, oh, well, because these people are spending money and the people who, you know, the whole 1% likes that. But then somebody pointed out to me that these parking lots are private property. They can do whatever they want to there, so long as the store is cool with them camping there. They're fine, you know. Right. And, you know, if they were there protesting and camping, I'm sure the cops would have gotten called instantly and tear gassed the whole place. And, <laughs> but... <laughs> and that would have made the news, and that would have been – I think after last year, too, I think somebody died in Walmart. And I think maybe people kind of realize, like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. The one I liked online was, hey, spend a $300 tent to save 50 bucks on a TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the one I liked on yeah. So yeah, no. This they were, and from a Star Wars perspective, I mean, I I kind of did search around a little bit. I kind of looked. I looked at my top five, top ten sites that I go to, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's an eight pack at Walmart and a couple vehicles at Toys R Us. I mean, it was kind of weak. There wasn't, yeah. There's not a lot out there. I mean, what I was holding out for, and where I think they dropped the ball, is I was really expecting like a half off, or maybe you know fifty dollars off, or something significant. Off that, the big, the BMF Falcon in the vintage packaging. I was holding out for that. Is it really $250? I don't get it. You can get a vintage one for that in the box. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That makes no sense to me. It's like, if I'm going to spend $250 on a BMF instead of, or a Millennium Falcon instead of vintage packaging, I'm going to buy a Millennium Falcon in the vintage packaging. Yeah. From 1970, from 1978, not yeah. from 2012. I don't get it. Like, it's bigger. Yeah, so no. it's a production thing. I, I get it, but well, I mean, I bought that same the same exact Falcon. It's just not in the vintage box. I bought it in two thousand eight or nine, and uh, and I waited until after Christmas or right before Christmas, and it went on uh-huh. sale. I think I got mine for about eighty bucks. Nice. Um, and uh, you know, I opened it. I played. You know, I mean, yeah. the only thing I would do differently if I got this one, which I would still, I would still wait for it to go under hundred dollars. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't see spending over. You know, maybe hundred and twenty, maybe just because of the box. But, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. But I'd be the type of person who would take it out and I'd open it and I would display the box somewhere. But it's mm-hmm. a big box; it's still hard to display. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, so the vintage Adat that came out what two years ago that was a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and I found one and it was I got one that wasn't too beat up and I still have it and, and that to me is worth a hundred bucks. I never had that as a kid. Yeah. yeah so I'm neither. like, okay, that's that's what I'm going to get, and it's an Empire box. I totally get it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get the Endor one and the, and the Return of the Jedi box. I mean, there's enough's enough, really. Yeah. But I didn't. I mean, I did have a Millennium Falcon when I was a kid, and I and I did, but I never got. I never did buy the BMF when it came out. I never needed it. Never really wanted it. And yeah, I would get it and open it up. I actually have more fun with my daughter with the Galactic Hero, Galactic Heroes one actually. Oh, that um, one folds into a playset. Kind of thing. Um, it's the one that has the little play school figures. Yeah, you know, like it, it opens up. It has like awesome sounds. Oh, neat. Like it has, it has like the hyperdrive dying, and then you plug it in, and it works, and then R two kicks in, and it plays the theme, and it's it's awesome. I think they did a great job on it. Yeah, and she likes it, and I have more fun with that. So it's like you know, I I was gonna get this one, and it's like two. I mean, I paid a hundred for the ad ad. This is two fifty. This is double more than twice. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't add up to me. And this doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, okay, like you said, maybe 150. So I'm still seeing in some Toys R Us's, you know, back east and also because, you know, I spend time back east as well as here. Mm-hmm. I still see uh, Y Wings, Return of the Jedi Y Wings with Akbar in the driver's seat, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
in, in droves in the stores. I'm going to see these. We're going to see these. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to wait. I'll, I'll, this one I'll wait on. If I never get it, screw it. I'll buy the old one. Yeah. No, and I I, I don't know, actually, I mean, because I've heard, and I think this was on uh, Star Wars Action News, they were talking about it, that uh, they're only getting, you know, two in in the box, and it doesn't look like they're putting out too many of them because they're not moving that much. And, uh, wow. and you know, I hope I hope Hasbro doesn't shoot themselves in the foot by doing that, uh, by making it cost so much to put it out. Um, you know, because it is going to end up getting, hopefully it's going to get marked down like crazy. Like last year I bought the Clone Wars uh, shuttle, the Republic shuttle. Um, I ended up getting it for like 25 bucks on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. when all was said and done. And uh, and I know people are waiting for the MTT tank to come down quite a bit. And they're hoping for some sort of markdowns. But, uh, you know, I worry that, you know, by building ships that are costing so much that everybody is going to wait till they go on clearance to buy, that Hasbro is going to get fed up and say, look, we're not making big things anymore. Which sort of leads me into something I forgot to even bring up before is, uh, have you been seeing the petitions that went around for people wanting the Jabba's sail barge? Y'all bring back the bring bring the barge or bring back and I mean bring back there's not, it wasn't there in the first place but right uh, bring us the barge or bring on the barge bring there up. you go yeah <laughs> took yeah. me long enough yeah <laughs> I mean I signed um, the petition but I I honestly cannot see Hasbro building it to the specs that people wanted at especially and I can't see it being for the specs people wanted at I can't see it being under three or four hundred dollars uh, yeah I mean I mean I think Daryl did a good job of you know, teasing something along these lines mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean they're going to do it. Um, honestly, uh, I don't know who did it, and uh, I'll try to find try to give credit where credit is due here. The person did the mock up online of the box yeah. of what it would look like. I, to me, that's enough. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I thought <laughs> you know, that was great. It was it was really. I mean, I love I love well done design, as you know, and and mm-hmm. so they they nailed it. I mean, whoever did this mock up really did a good job. It's funny because I look at I'm a big Apple fan. And you look at Apple mock-ups of fake products before they come out. And, mm-hmm. you know, lately they've been a lot more accurate, like the Apple the, the iPad mini and things like that. So those mock-ups are three-dimensional. And, it's like, I have an appreciation for that. But then you never can trust what you see. It's always everybody's trying to outdo each other in, from a slick standpoint. Mm-hmm. This was so just spot-on, like, accurate. Like, I could totally see Hasbro taking this design and just doing this. Yeah. Because it's, 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 the, the typefaces are correct. Uh, you know the 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 chrome around the edges is correct. I mean, they did a great job, and I think that that drove some appeal. Like, oh, now I now I really want it, mm-hmm. but then I would just take, it, I would just keep it in the box and put it on a shelf. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't. You know, how big can you get? I mean, you look at some of the GI Joe stuff. I mean, it did get pretty big with the aircraft carrier and mm-hmm. you know the space shuttle. Uh, you know, there's some pretty big stuff out there, so it it can be done. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it as like a playset where you've got like half of it, and uh, you know you can display it. So you got the half facing the Sarlacc pit, and then from the backside you can play on the different levels, and Jabba fits in it or something. Um, I don't need a full giant skiff. I mean, like I had to move my Millennium Falcon today for I wanted it in the backdrop of a picture I posted today. That thing is huge. I mean, it's it's so big. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't set it on top of a bookshelf or anything. I mean, like, luckily there's a little, like, sort of bay window with an atrium kind of spot, and that's where I put all of my big vehicles. And, 
they actually stuck there with a horse too. And then I, now that I look over there, uh, but uh, there's an old like merry-go-round horse thing that my mom has, and it's that surrounded by an Adat Walker, an Imperial Shuttle, and the Millennium Falcon, and you know all the big vehicles that don't fit anywhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean personally, I would rather they just release a couple of the little skiffs, just because I never picked one up uh, when they were out, and uh, and now they're going for like sixty or seventy bucks on eBay, and I'm, I, I'm not going to pay that much for a little skiff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean the I'm sorry, the the skiff uh the Ketter one or the Lego one? The Kenner one. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, the little the little tiny one, the little um the I'm sorry, re- the recent one? Uh they've had one. Yeah, they've re-released it a couple of times now. Like I think it came out once by itself and then in the last few years it came out with a uh with a Sarlacc pit. Oh, the one the Target exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I remember that those are still kind of laying around, and I I saw them as low as like eighteen bucks. Yeah. And now they, they then it all comes full circle, right? And it goes back to like sixty and seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I saw this, is once. Why, this is why I get out of modern. Yeah, <laughs> I can't exactly. Deal with it anymore. Yeah, I ended up I missed out on when the Rancor got re released a couple of years ago, and then mm-hmm. uh, I ended up picking up the the Force Unleashed Rancor the it's the same mold as the Rancor, but it's, it had like these purple stripes painted on it and stuff. Yeah. That was from, uh, the, uh, yeah. Force Unleashed, right? Yeah. And so I'm, yeah. I'm in the process of repainting mine because, and I sculpted him a little bracket on his wrist, uh, shackle and all of that. And I'm in the process of repainting him these days cause I'm too cheap to go and actually get the other one. But I saw <laughs> a picture one day where those had gotten marked down to like $9 or something. And this dude is walking out of target with a shopping cart full of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I, I would have given him 20 in the parking lot if I saw him coming out with all of them. Yeah, just to save you the paint job, right? Just yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'll be nice when I get it done, but at the same yeah, time... Yeah, I'm... you'll probably take it, you know, to a higher level, because even the paint job on that one wasn't wasn't awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so far all I've got is a couple of coats of brown spray paint on it. I still... If nothing else, I need to at least paint the teeth and the eyes, but <laughs> I don't sure. know. I'm scared. I'm scared to paint stuff. Like, I'm, I'm so worried I'm going to mess it up, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, Whatever. If you mess it up, you mess it up. I actually had to go and buy two of the the Hoth Luke on the vintage card recently because I wanted to make it a little bit more movie accurate with the scarf that hangs down and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I bought two of them. So I've got one just in case I fuck one up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so far I've been doing pretty good on it. You know, I shaved off some of the stuff on his head. I shaved his shoulder pads down a little bit so he doesn't look like a you know an '80s character yeah. anymore. And uh, it's looking pretty good. Um, so I was, I was proud of myself on that, but uh, actually applying paint to stuff is still hesitant for me. I'm so used to painting big things. Like I, I used to paint murals for a living, and so painting a three and three quarter inch action figure is a completely different scale for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I think one thing it's like you know, there was a lot of flag. I think even even Daryl DePriest commented on this in a Q and A session of. Um, you know, there was a lot of flack about that Hoth Luke and the shoulder pads and things like that. And I guess there was something where if you have the goggles and the scarf or something wasn't working the right way, the right way, it wasn't a figure you could just display without one or the other. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like, well, it was, it was meant to be a screen accurate photo. So when you put them on the Tauntaun, it's supposed to be screen accurate. And I'm like, I mean, that's, that's a good reason. I mean, it, it's, it's like, if that's the way to display it, then they did a good job with that. 
I just don't think they expected the backlash on that particular figure when they intended it to be screen accurate. It's like, we gave it you was, screen accurate, now you're still bitching. It's like, wait a minute. It was screen accurate for like three seconds on screen. As soon as oh, he pulled okay. the scarf off of his face, it's no longer the one that you get on the card these days. And, okay. And that's the loop that everybody knows is when you see his face and you see the wampa and all that stuff. You know, right. It, but it, but yeah, him riding on the Tauntaun—that's what he looked like. He had the scarf up over his face with the goggles down, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So if I ever get mine finished, I basically just got to add a little bit of paint to it to cover up the parts that I shaved off on his head because uh, <laughs> it went down to white plastic. But uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean I had to do that because like, oh okay, yeah. Otherwise, he looks like he has a turban on, uh, and so I had to I had to thin those down a little bit, and uh, and then I stole the goggles from my. Uh, one of the rebel soldiers that I picked up. Those guys though were impossible to find. I had to get both of mine off eBay and I still paid more than I'd like to say for them, but not, not too much. Uh, my mom had a freak out session a little while ago. She was over, she saw my uh, shelf full of vintage action figures. Cause I've been picking up loose ones here and there when I find one at a decent price. And she realized that those were the ones that, it, you know, from when I was a kid and she had a heart attack, you know, thinking I had paid a thousand dollars for this collection that's sitting on the shelf. And I said, no, I said, I didn't pay more than $4 <laughs> for any of those figures. Like, you know, right, right, right. at yeah, celebration, I was digging through the, the loose bin at a, you know, anywhere I could. And, you know, mm-hmm. somebody saying, well, you know, oh, those are, you know, six bucks each. And I was like, how about five for 20? Eh, okay. Right. <clears throat> the, um, the funny thing for me is that, you know, you look at the, the vintage, um, the um, the Hoth, the Luke Hoth, and mm-hmm. you look at the the original vintage figure, and he's got a scarf in that one too. Yeah, and it's just this it's this maroon scarf that just flies out the side of his head. Right, and it's like it's like when I remember getting that one, I do remember getting that as a kid, and going, "What? I think this one's wrong. I think I got it wrong." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it's like they took it even they took it so far forward that they even put it in the new one. I thought that that was kind of a little wink mm-hmm. to the old figure. Because it's kind of a, you know, it's it's kind of where we have this big piece of plastic. Because there's no soft goods. Right. You know, I think the scarf on the new one's not a soft good either, which probably would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's like this thing just comes flying out of the side of his head. And it's like, wow, they even took that step forward with the new one. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good. I can I can respect that. Yeah. No, that was, that was one that I had to pick up uh, when I saw him loose this summer at Celebration. Just because I remember that one, too, as a little kid. And it was... They really like stepped up their sculpting with that figure, I think, back in the day. Like he was, he was, he really set a new standard, I think, back then, uh, as far as like, because he had sort of he was leaning off to one side a little bit. He wasn't just the straight, rigid uh, five point articulation one that they all. I mean, he still had five points of articulation, but you know, he wasn't like the uh, A New Hope Luke Skywalker uh, mm-hmm. from back in the day. Right, right, right. Uh, cool. Cool indeed. Um, I don't know. So you, speaking of toys, you've got, uh, you just got a new book in the mail. You want to, you want to, oh, yeah, any first yeah. impressions and tell us what you yeah. got? Well, it's interesting because I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm always multitasking. I apologize, but, no um, there's some early, I posted a photo on Facebook and there's already a lot of chatter about this. So I, uh, I saw on, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Jedi Temple Archives because I think people on, people from Jedi Temple Archives are involved with this book. Uh, along with Dan Curdo, Curdo uh, with Stephen uh, Sansweet mm-hmm. on the the new Ultimate Action Figure Collection Star Wars book, uh, the uh, basically cataloging all the all the figures from uh, from vintage all the way through to modern, 
Mm-hmm. And this is this book is a lot heavier than I thought. So I actually saw the announcement on on Thanksgiving Day. I ordered it right away. I never pre-ordered it. I just uh, ordered it. Um, it's great because it's a forty dollars price tag, but it's actually only twenty five bucks on Amazon with free shipping. Nice. Um, and I ordered it on Thanksgiving Day, and I got it a couple hours ago. <laughs> so I'm like pretty pretty psyched because I was like that was fast. I'm, I'm fortunate. I live near a uh, an Amazon distribution center, so I, I sometimes I get stuff. Same. I've even seen stuff come in same day, um, so that's interesting. So, um, you know, so I've been flipping through uh, while we've been we've been talking here, and actually, I posted a photo of it right before we started on Facebook, and got some good feedback from folks. A lot of people are like, "How is it? How is it? What it's like? What's it like?" And you know, some of the fans out there, and I and I will say, it's a little disappointing. Um, it, it, it's a great catalog. I mean, if you're looking mm-hmm. for a visual reference of every single version of a figure, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking variations, I'm talking versions of a character through different lines. Okay. So, like, for example, I'm on a page right now that has um, probably every, the first, they always did a nice blowout picture of the first appearance of a figure. So, Mace Windu, for example. And then I got like two and a half pages of every other Mace Windu they've ever made, hmm. um, which is cool. Because that way you can kind of see it has nice little descriptions of each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't do a lot of variations of the same figure from the same line. So you're not going to see, like, you know, Dr. Evazon with the pink scar and the Dr. Evazon without the pink scar. Right. That makes it sense. Does, yeah, it's not going to do that, um, which is fine. Um, but, but do they go as far? I mean, do they have Dr. Evazon from the modern vintage or modern yeah, Fenrir wave? Yeah, there's a lot of – yeah, they, they have Darth Maul with the, with the mechanical legs. Oh, wow. So it's really up to date. So that's that is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably came out at the right at the right time mm-hmm. when there's a break in the action. Probably with the vintage collection being that break and a break between 2012 and 2013 figures. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the Darth Maul page, but yeah, they have the the Darth Maul with bionic legs that just came out. So uh, that's probably the most recent figure I'll say that's in here. Um, but yeah, big, big in picture. Oh, I'm sorry. I should clarify. I'm looking at it now. It's the Darth Maul with Owen Lars from the 2010 Visionaries. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have, let me look again real quick. Actually, it doesn't have the three pack version. Okay. Um, that would have been impressive. Yeah. Um, to get that in before printing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Cause I mean, crap that came out about the same time celebration was going on. Let's see. Let me see if Dr. Evazon's in here actually. It's all out, so the whole thing's alphabetical, and uh, so that's kind of handy because you can kind of go through this. Course is like twenty pages of Vader, because <laughs> how many are? Yeah. Um, this is a. Let's see here. I'm trying to find a page number here. This is a 350-page book. So that's pretty gives you a sense of how how big. And uh, the one thing that I am a little bummed out about, like I said, a little disappointing. The thing I'm a little bummed out about it is that every I, single figure yeah. is loose. I was going to say, I, I had heard that they don't do the card backs in there, and as soon as you said your, mm-hmm. disapp- your, your disappointment with it, and knowing you're such a fan of the 2D art and the card backs, uh, yeah, but- I figured that that was your, your going to be your gripe with it. That's too bad, because you know, I, especially you, but I mean, myself included, like, I'm a fan of all that stuff. I mean, I, I was overjoyed the first time I ever saw your card back uh, notebooks on, online. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's something about the the card back art. Now they did a good they did a good job. Sorry, they did do a good job at the beginning. They do one page. It's just thumbnails though, but they do a nice uh, page of all card backs of all the different product lines, starting with the vintage, mm-hmm. all the way through the Phantom Menace 3D 
uh, discover the force line. Okay, they just and, do an example, one of each kind of, or yeah. one from each line sort of thing. Yeah, they'll do a character. So you kind of get a good quick reference, a one-page reference. They do droids and Ewoks. I mean, it has everything. So <laughs> every different card back is in here, which is nice. Um, to answer your question from before, Dr. Evazan from 2012, uh, the Vintage Collection, is included. Cool. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, so that's pretty up to date. I would say that I, I'd be surprised if they didn't have every single uh, vintage collection figure in here. Like I even think Aura Sings in here from the last the last wave. Um, I think I think we're good there. Hmm. Yeah, but she so- also could have been part of that Walmart, you know, exclusive Darth Maul card that came out because it's the same figure. It came out. That's uh, yeah. Ahsoka Ahsoka Tano in the realistic style from the last. Is she's right here? Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So that so the entire um, TVC wave up until the t- end of the TVC wave, mm-hmm. and the uh, I think the mall wave from this year, mm-hmm. dark mall wave is included. Um, but yeah, the I would have liked to see. And there's some chatter online saying it's not as complete as the one from 1998. Um, the one um, the the last one that Steve Sansui did, which I have here somewhere. Um, and I'm like, oh, how is this not complete? So I'm trying to figure out what they mean by not complete. Um, hmm. It's hard for I don't know yet. Um, here it is. So, I mean, I think on that one they had more cardbacks. They have, like, all the different cardbacks for the figure, yeah. the packaging. Um, all the other thing, too, is it has all the vehicles and all the pack-ins. So, the older book does or the new book does? The older book does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm flipping through it now. Yeah, it gives Crap, you all- how many action figures have come out since yeah. 1998? I mean, just in the whole yeah. 2004, 2005 waves when they were going crazy with all the different clones and everything. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. The book would be, you know, 500 to 1,000 pages. If, would, they kept, if they kept the same format from the 1998 book, I mean. Yeah. It would be as big as that Millennium Falcon box at Toys R Us. <laughs> there you go, yeah. It's $250. Yeah. That I'm not going to pay. So, no, I mean, I, it's, a nice, it's, a, it's a nice companion. Actually, it's the exact same dimensions mm-hmm. as, the, uh, as the original book. Mm. Uh, it's Chronicle. And, uh, oh, that's cool. They'll so look it, nice sitting next to each other on the side bookshelf. Side by side. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a nice companion piece. I mean, it's a great reference piece. And I will say this. I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. I like it because it's a nice visual piece of all the things. Like, oh, yeah, I used to have these because I got rid of all my modern. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I got them all back in one book. And for 25 bucks, that's a that's a steal. <laughs> and how much easier is it to look at it, look at thumb through the book and look back at them versus, yeah. you know, digging through a box in the garage or, you know, exactly. displayed on your wall or wherever you do it? Yeah, and it'll also settle a lot. Of, this is a good debate settler because it's like, oh, well, th- there was this one and then there was that one. And it's like, no, there was this one. <laughs> so people can go back and look at it that way. So I think that'll be handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does include the figures that are pack-ins uh, with vehicles. Like they have an Anakin with the skiff. Um, I think it's from the Clone Wars. He's got the goggles. Oh, yeah. So like, so there's some pack-in stuff. But there's also like 20, 30, 40, 50 pages of clones. Oh, there has to be, yeah. So, <laughs> I bet. And I was like flipping through. We were talking earlier. I'm like, wow, that's that's kooky. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's something I you know. I guess if I can't sleep one night, I'll I'll crack open the clone section because uh, it's just like that's kind of what started killing it for me. Like I'm in 2009, 2010, and I'm looking at all the clones, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't need Echo, and I don't need this shiny and that shiny from the show. And okay, well, this clone with the same head has a handprint on his chest, and this one's got a different helmet. Like it's the same damn figure. Yeah. You know? And I just and that's I think that begin beginning and the end and like I, I'm gonna go back to basics. 
maybe that's 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 a, I don't know that I don't know that's a, a good way to end on or not. I don't know if we have any other topics to cover, but uh, you know, it's all about I think getting back to basics from the movies to the collecting to the everything else. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think one way to 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 wrap back into something you mentioned earlier with the. Uh, you know, with people like Chad and everybody who are painting and doing all the custom clones, yeah, yeah. you know, if they were to do just a blank clone body, um, which they essentially did, you know, with, with the vintage collection a couple of years ago, the Attack of the Clones uh, 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 clone is an amazing figure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sell him as a blank one. Let people customize him any way they want to, uh, which a lot of people are doing these days, you know, sort of like the Dunnies mm-hmm. and the, you know, all these other things. Um, you know, that's, the, you know, we talked about the dark time earlier and you just reminded me of something just in that bringing that up. Uh-huh. And it's actually talking with Chad and a few other guys. I, and that, that customizing panel at Seat Celebration 6 was eye-opening, especially as somebody who's not a 3D person. Yeah. I, I mean, not that I didn't know that this stuff existed. It, I knew it did. And I, I was such an admirer of it. But I honestly think that... Um, you know, especially if they didn't do this announcement, I think this is where collecting would have gone. It may still go this way, mm-hmm. where I think it's going to be, you know, people are doing all these different, you know, they're doing kitchen hacks, they're doing life hacking, they're doing, you know, they're hacking, uh, you know, the workouts, you know, tricking your body, doing things like that. Yeah. Everybody's hacking different things. I think people are, are going to start hacking, they're collecting and hacking action figure collecting, and they're going to make what they want. Like, Look what I did with Collect All 21. I mean, I still haven't finished the project yet. Right. Kind of took a little bit of a, of a, of a break from it because I'm actually refocusing what that site means to me and what I want to do. I'm going to finish it. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm refocusing what Collect All 21 means to me. Mm-hmm. But and, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of hacking that way. I'm actually going more historical and I'm going more international. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that's the best. That's the best part of collecting is you can change it anytime you want and make it whatever you choose it to be. Yeah. And I think the people who are talented in these areas, like Chad and his and his crew, and you know, and, and even the stuff that we do, and you know, you know, there's boil and pop, and you know, there's kit bashing, and all these different terms you you learn about now. Yeah, I think it tra- it'll transcend into its own line of collecting, where, um, you know, not not for resale, I think just for collecting, just for for appreciating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd love to get to a point where maybe you know Chad who has some figures that he wants to put on card backs that I would be able to design a couple card backs around it. Yeah, and, and and combine those two efforts. I mean, I think that 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 probably would would definitely be keeping things going for me in a world that there were no more movies and there were no there was no future. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just you know EU and and now it's a game changer. I mean, this announcement's a game changer to kind of pull back full circle. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think this announcement's a game changer, uh, but I think it might be the combination of the two. I think it might be. Um, people pushing the medium where they want it to go, and who knows? Maybe with the new movies coming out, they can actually control some of that. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? You got a customized figure out there in the niches and the fringe of collecting communities is, is so becomes so popular, it becomes a character in the movie, like like R two K T. That's a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would be pretty cool. Um... You know, I mean, like, uh, there was an episode of The Clone Wars recently with Padawans, and they, there's one move in there that the, the kid shows off with. Well, that was some that was some contest, I guess, that had happened where uh, uh, they had kids make up their own lightsaber move and sent it in. And, oh, wow. Uh, and Dave Filoni worked it into an episode. Wow. See, that's, I didn't even know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. That's why these stupid podcasts are around. You know, I think I heard that on one of the roundtables of, uh, you know, whether it was the, the Swan Clone Clone Wars roundtable or maybe it was the Force Cast one or who knows. I listen to so many freaking Star Wars podcasts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Get them. They all blur together. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think when, when you break that fourth wall, when you have influence, um, I think that that gets people, that gives, that's inspiring, gives motivation to people to do more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And Good it, stuff. Yeah. And, uh, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, uh, I do want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we've got, uh, Chowren, uh, toys. They, uh, they've got lots and lots of Legos. We've got, uh, Dorkside toys. Um, they, uh, best place to go if you're looking for G.I. Joe, Marvel, and especially Star Wars. And, uh, of course, Big Bad Toy Store. Uh, I'll put all of these links into the, uh, the show notes. But uh, also with the holiday season coming up, um, like you had mentioned the, that there isn't much Star Wars stuff at Black Friday, but uh, Star Wars Action News made a great point of those eight packs or those vehicle packs. They were going out and picking those up and uh, dropping those off for Toys for Tots. That's a great um, idea because I think it brings so, something like three dollars a figure, and, and so you know that's not a huge investment, yeah, know, for to donate. So that's that's a great idea. I yeah. actually, and I want to encourage anybody, you know, pick up an extra action figure this holiday season, drop it off for Toys for Tots because there are lots of kids out there that would love to get one that you know their their folks or whoever can't afford to get them for them. So uh, yeah, yeah, tis the season for that kind of thing. Definitely, and there's plenty. You know, you can even do a couple extras because I think they're you know with the clearance and cheaper, mm-hmm. you know, pick up a couple. Yeah. Um. So yeah, where can uh, where can folks find your stuff then online if they want to find out more about you? Um, let's see. So uh, always at uh, collectall21.com. That that site's going through a little revision right now, but there'll be new and interesting surprises there. Uh, mm-hmm. So keep keep a close eye on that. You know, into the end of the year, but mostly into the beginning of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I want to definitely want to promote this. Uh, so uh, my notebooks, uh, StarWarsNotebooks.com. Uh, right now, uh, and I'll keep this going till the end of the year. If you use the code TK422, uh, you will get 22% off your entire order. Um, and I have a bunch of new inventory, a lot of modern card backs, uh, modern Kenner, and mm-hmm. some vintage still there as well. So uh, I want to throw that out there uh, to promote the uh, discount on that. Cool. And uh, also on, uh, please, uh, if you can, I'd love to get a like uh, on our page at uh, facebook.com slash vintage Star Wars. Awesome. Great. And uh, as usual, folks, you can find me at dbsw.net. Uh, the blog is a little slow, but there's links in the footer for the uh, the Facebook page, the uh, my Instagram, my Twitter, and all that. I'm real, real active on Instagram these days, which uh, goes off into my Twitter and my Facebook pages. And uh, having a lot of fun with that. I'm actually wrapping up a contest right now where I... Asked, I was looking for inspiration, so I asked people to send in what if and epic battles that they might want to see. And so I've been going through, I had a list of about 20 or 25 scenarios uh, that I've been slowly working for or working through. Uh, I got a couple of zombie ones coming up that I have to do, so I'm trying to figure out how to zombify some stormtroopers without permanently modifying them because, as I said, I'm scared to actually paint anything. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Thanks again, Kevin, for coming on. It's uh, no, it was, this is great. I like, it's always I a like... pleasure to talk to you. And uh, thank you. 
This is my little stab at getting back at the Stevens for going and doing a podcast <laughs> without me a long time ago. So, <laughs> well, I will I will happily go rogue with you any way you like from the states, and uh, and we can uh, we can have a healthy we can have a healthy battle going on with them. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, guys. So that's it for another episode of Boring Conversation, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Thanks, thanks force, everybody. Yeah, and may the force be with you guys. Boring Conversation Anyway is also brought to you by Brian'sToys.com, the world's largest Star Wars store. At flyguy.net, check out to let them know where you head of the reference. Don't forget to check out DorksideToys.com, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, and more. Uh, everything's under control, situation normal. Station anyway.